The Mock and Daisy Common Sense Cast. Hey, y'all got any more of that common sense? <laughs> hey, y'all. Producer Alan here. Mock and Daisy are out this week, taking some well-deserved time off for the holidays. But don't worry, because we still have a captivating episode for you. We want you guys to know how thankful we are for our amazing podcast family and dedicated listeners that make all of this possible. So to end the year, we've decided to take a walk down memory lane. We hope you enjoy. Okay, so you're you have a 14-year-old son. I do. And I texted him immediately after the halftime and I just said, "What did you think of that uh halftime show?" Yeah. <laughs> Knowing that he's a 14-year-old hormonally charged boy. Yeah. And he wrote back, "It was amazing." <laughs> and of course it was, right? All of <laughs> them were like, "Oh, yeah." Look at this, boobs and butts. It's not like you're eight years old and your mother says to you, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you're like, oh my God, I want to be a stripper. <laughs> right. That's what I and want to be when I grow up. it's certainly not something that any mom wishes for her daughter. Yeah. If you're going to be out there, you're looking for a reaction. Well, here it is. Here's, Here's the You're going to get reaction from other women. It's if think? Kermit the Frog yeah. yodeled. I'm Shakira. <laughs> I'm Shakira. Shakira. <laughs> Shakira. Shakira. <laughs> Do her, do that impression of her again. <laughs> what, is she, what, is it, what is she saying? I'm on tonight. I'm on tonight. My head's so light. My head's so light. I'm Shakira. Shakira. This whole like women should empower women. Yeah, we just well, it's kind of like the chicks that come to our site and they're like, I can't believe you call yourselves chicks. That's so demeaning. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, the chicks on the right have lost their minds because I questioned their bubble-blowing, uber-leg-bearing marketing strategy. (laughs) I don't think blowing pink bubbles and acting silly along with this leg-obsessed photo, note the camera angle, are the right thing to represent chicks on the right. These guys or chicks owe me an apology because I've had nothing but respect for them. This is after she basically calls us prostitutes. Yeah, you're basically whores. (laughs) You're whores. (laughs) You giant whores with your like leg grease. Yeah. Then she started saying that yeah, we, we had greased le- we greased our, our legs. legs. Yeah. We just put moisturizer on them, and they you know, <laughs> they looked really nice. And those they looked pretty good in those photos. You I mean, know, listen, they good looked photos. all right. Listen, I I like those photos because they were from years ago. And as every year goes on, I look fondly upon old pictures because <laughs> we, we look better and better in those pictures <laughs> as I get older. That's all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this, I mean, this was it got out of control. Like you've just mm-hmm. heard a little bit of some of the because yeah. she goes on for about, pages yeah about how the photographer had to go down to crotch level and all this i mean it was yeah. just she was pretty bad so basically we're like we're horrible horrible people for having our picture taken sitting on a couch in Fully a dress clothed. and a pair of shorts putting with our arms around each other because we're friends this yeah. is what this is what we do and yeah she then we're sexy we're sexy little kittens was another thing that she said <laughs> we were sexy little <laughs> Sexy little kittens, yeah. She then took to her own blog to write a a huge diatribe Mm -hmm. about us, claiming that we hated men. That was the first thing that she said. (laughs) And then she closed it by saying, so chicks, you can keep your snark, your leg grease, and your bubble gum. Good luck to you. I will stay on the road less taken. Not glamorous, but I believe in it. As if she's somehow just so much holier than us. She's better. She's just better. Yeah, she's up on her high horse at this point. Listen, karma's real. Karma's a real thing. You just... It may take a day, it may take five days, it may take five years, it may take a lifetime. We may never see it. It may be something that happens with that person in the next 
like they may have to answer to God, you know? We get all kinds of hate yeah, and, and awful do. trolling by people. Yeah, people think that sure. we are like controlled by our husbands and they tell right. they tell <laughs> think, you know, like cuz we're I was, I was going to I was like, kind of surprised they they let you both out like the same day, yeah. you know. You know, we're you're very busy. <laughs> very. I know exactly. We we're, they call us Stepford wives and like we have no control over our lives and that we're just we're told what to think and all this kind of stuff. And that's the only reason that we would be right wingers, yeah. you know. Well, well I that. I did hear. I did see I th- was it on Twitter? I don't want to misquote now. It was something about how there are almost like there's two two types of women in the U.S. and it's like <laughs> Democrats or women who are being abused by their husbands, sort of thing. Like, <laughs> oh, it, it, yeah, it, right. essentially, it was suggesting that all that all yeah. conservative women are only conservative uh-huh. because their husbands, yeah. you know, be, beat them this and force the them thing. to vote Republican. Yeah, that's the messaging. That is the messaging. Yep. So it's I'm yeah. sure that you probably get similar backlash from people where they're just like, "What are you doing? Why would you be yeah. conservative?" I was curious, just based on the fact that you're across the pond, what the react, because I know that this whole Black Lives Matter movement and all of the statue toppling and all of this reaction to George Floyd, that has Mm -hmm. been a worldwide thing. Mm -hmm. What was your experience um, like in the UK with all of that? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, the UK likes to import weird stuff from America. The UK doesn't. It's it's annoying because we always import the stuff I don't like rather than the stuff I like. And one of the I love America, but one thing I one thing I prefer to the UK in America is that there is less racial tension in the UK. Like people just don't see race in the same way. So, for example, I mean, in the states, it's common to hear terms like white American, black American, African American, Latino American, Asian American. Yeah. Here, we just say British. Like, if yeah, I were to call myself, we- if I were to call myself black British or African British, people would be like, you know, if I'm filling out a census form or something, maybe. Mm-hmm. But just generally, no one says like black British, Asian British. It's not really. That it's is just, so it's just not really. A- Cardi B, as much as I hate to say this, is a mother. She has a child, a daughter. Yeah, a daughter. And I just cannot believe that this is stuff that she feels good about doing. But here was a a point I saw, I think, from somebody on Twitter about this, because there's a lot of black women who I saw being really grossed out, just like we are. Yeah. About this video. Yeah, there are. And what they were saying was and they they were spot on is that as long as there is a market and a demand for this kind of depravity, people like Cardi B and Megan the Stallion mm-hmm. are going to continue to create and fill that void because that is where the coin is. Yeah, that's what they right? say. They say, well, we're going to go get the coin. This mm-hmm. is what they say. It's all about the money, right? Yeah. They're going to go make their money. But then there are a lot of black women and on Twitter and stuff like that. We were looking at some comments today where they were saying stuff like, this is just so embarrassing. So embarrassing for black women. And it, it's got to be. It's got to be. I don't know how it isn't. Because it's because so as a as a white woman, if I you know I would say that about I would say that about white women. I would I be already like, say that about Britney Spears' Instagram account. I say it about Britney Spears, and I say it about Miley Cyrus when Miley Cyrus did all the crap that she did. Remember with Robin Thicke? Yeah, we were the first ones to come out and go. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that crap. The mm. one person, Danielle Young, who actually is a blue check mark on Twitter, said Normani did all this, and Kylie walked down the hall and opened a door. If that's not a perfect visual indication of black women having to do the most and white women you know having their privilege or whatever i don't know what is so this is this is where we are is that people are mad that kylie did what kylie does Mm -hmm. which is just look pretty or maybe yeah exactly that's all she does that's all she does and it's not like she can dance (laughs) right it's like make her do that yeah because if she did that that would ruin the whole visual because she would look ridiculous (laughs) 
Yeah, because it'd be like Elaine on Seinfeld. <laughs> you don't want that, you guys. <laughs> you don't want that. Although that would have actually made it better. It would make a much better video, <laughs> at least during that few five seconds. <laughs> so, like, imagine now that we're in a world where Cardi B is defending Kylie Jenner by saying <laughs> oh, not everything is about race. Oh, really? <laughs> Seriously? Really? Because I don't know if she's seen 2020, but that's all it's about. That's all it is. People are so, you know, dead set on having disclaimers for old movies (laughs) like 16 Candles and The Breakfast Club and things like that, where I'm like, seriously, this is what you're you're concerned about those movies. And yet you have no problem with the smut that we see on Netflix or this Cardi B video. I mean, for crying out loud, Cardi B is like the first interview for Joe Biden (laughs) in his his, that. That video is empowering to women. Oh, that's so empowering it's because they're getting the coin, right? It's okay. totally different. I see how I see how different it could be. <laughs> oh my god! Do you remember this movie? I loved it. I don't even know. This doesn't even get a disclaimer. This has been. There's no way it's shown anywhere anymore ever. Soul Man. Oh my gosh! See yes. Thomas. See Howell. Thomas Howell. I wonder what he's doing now. Do you remember that? Yeah. When Ray Don Chong. Yeah. So see Thomas Howell. So he did blackface. Oh right? yeah, he, he did. did blackface. He did black body. Yeah. Like he blackified himself to the yeah. max. So he did basically what um, what Trudeau did like three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's a whole movie based on him pretending to be black in order to get a scholarship to get into school. Oh. And it's well, he could be governor of Virginia. <laughs> The leftists will always come after themselves yeah, eventually. Eat, yeah, they'll eat their own. This always happens. They'll totally eat their own. But, you know, too, we've talked about the fact that some of the best John Hughes movies ever mm-hmm. are also now labeled as problematic for different reasons. Not the racism so much. Well, I mean, right. the Long Duck Dong could be considered <laughs> right. racist, I guess. Of course, that's totally racist. And I racist. think that was one of, that was like the, par, the parlay into the John Hughes movies. Mm-hmm. That was, that was one thing that they did say about 16 Candles is that that character was racist. I don't know if the guy playing that character if he would say that I don't know because I don't actually know that actor or what he's doing now or if he's yeah. continuing to act but I'm no sure idea. I'm sure he loved the opportunity to be oh, in that I'm movie sure. and I mean for crying out loud even the, the stars themselves who bitch about it Molly Ringwald is one of the most prominent who's like oh my god I would never participate in those movies now well you already made your fame and fortune yeah we wouldn't know who you are <laughs> right if it wasn't for John Hughes so don't diss him because these are favorites yeah. from like our time not only that you know? but John Hughes made you. Oh, you yeah. would be nothing without John Hughes. Yeah. Nothing. He I'm- made all the actors in The Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. He made them all. Do you remember how often people harped on the fact that Trump made fun of that disabled reporter? Yes. And that, I mean, people are still using that. Yeah, they totally do. And now there are tons of videos which debunk that claim because if you look at Trump's mannerisms about himself, Mm -hmm. about other Republicans, about just people in general, when he tells a story, he makes those kind of weird arm movements. You know what I mean? It's kind of awkward, yeah. And he does it when he's making fun Mm -hmm. of something or someone. Yeah. So now there's plenty of evidence to show, look, that's not making fun of a disabled person. Mm -hmm. It's just one of the things that Trump does when he's making fun of something, including himself. And I think, you know, it just goes back to the whole, the way that the media just spins everything. They spin it. February 28th, Politico published a piece that was entitled, Trump rallies his base to treat coronavirus as a hoax. And a whole bunch of other people ran with that headline, right? Ran with that storyline, ran with that narrative, when really what he was doing was calling the criticisms of his handling of the coronavirus, the Democrats 
Democrats' new hoax. That's his exact words. My God. And think about how royally mischaracterized that is and how irresponsible and just wrong and like unethical it is for the media to paint it as Donald Trump saying the virus is a hoax. Yeah. He's never, ever said that. No. And nowadays, the problem, too, used to be like back when we were kids, if a quote unquote journalist said something that was a misquote or if it was wrong or whatever, it would be a big deal. Mm. You remember how it would be just oh, yeah. a giant deal and they'd have to apologize? These people would lose their freaking job. Because it just didn't happen with the extent that it is now. No. And now these yahoos, they tweet crap. They don't care. I know you're not part of his campaign that you're working with the RNC. If you were his advisor right now, how would you advise him to conduct himself these final days? Like, what would you say to not do? What would you say to do well, more of? I'm talking to the president pretty regularly. I just talked to him about 20 minutes ago. And I Tell him we said I hi. <laughs> Just tell him we said hi. <laughs> Mr. President, I can't talk very long because I have a Zoom call with uh, with the chicks. chicks on the right. Yeah, the chicks on the right. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. I try to get him real, give him really raw advice from what I hear from people. I'll tell you what one person said to me in Ohio, which I thought was really important and that we should get the word out, is uh, this woman said to me that she works with students who are about to defend default or defaulting on their student loans. And not enough people know that Donald Trump extended the deadline for loan defaultment, loan forgiveness mm-hmm. until December 31st. So he's giving even an extra long time to students who are behind to kind of freeze the payments and to let them catch up because of COVID. So that's yeah. one thing that I think is really important to get out there. I try to just give President Trump, you know, information that I hear, um, mm-hmm. try to be the voice of the people to say, this is what somebody said to me or this is what the concerns are. Old school reporters are gone or they've been eaten up because now we have these young reporters who just sit on Twitter and they repeat, retweet, recycle everybody else's stories. They don't they never check. They don't even know how Mm -hmm. to check. They don't dig deep. Well, you just just retweeted Chris Hayes. I just saw on your Twitter feed a moment ago where he's like Trump is objectively pro-COVID. What in the world? How is Twitter allowing that to happen? Yeah, like it's crazy. They're fact-checking hydroxychloroquine, mm-hmm. and they're allowing this NBC reporter. I mean, what has happened to the to NBC News? NBC News has literally gone completely in the tank for the mm-hmm. left. And yeah. so I think it's really important for people to understand. A lot of your listeners are going to say, well, oh, gosh, this is a lot of bad news and negativity. What can I do? I'll tell you the good news, and I'll tell you what's really positive about this, is that we need a system where transparency from politicians and from Washington, D.C. is important and key. You are not going to get transparency from a news outlet that's concerned about making money. They're going to continue making money and figuring out how to pay the bills. If you want transparency, you got to go straight to the sources. Right now, like we're in this age that in this time, especially on social media, where the left is trying to silence conservatives like at every turn. So in order to make our voices louder, especially when it comes to getting messages that we want to get to Congress, it's really nice to have uh, an organization like AMAC, which is an alternative to AARP, kind of lobbying for conservative causes right to the people that need to hear it. 
That's precisely what they do too. So it's like you pay this really tiny, teeny, tiny membership fee and you're basically, you know, you're getting all these great discounts. You're getting all these, I mean, like, especially mock looks all the restaurant stuff <laughs> and all the, the travel discounts and all the wonderful discounts that they give you. But at the same time, you're basically um, promote it's activism, you know, right. It's right. active, that you don't even see really, but it's activist. It's conservative activism at work while you're getting all these great discounts. So, I mean, it's a total win-win you guys. It really, it really is. is. And especially because like anymore, it feels like every outlet that's out there is trying to muzzle conservative voices. Yeah. And so this is like the one way where you can get your voice right to the people that matter. That is why you and I stand with AMAC. It's why I hope everybody that's listening to us will stand with AMAC. And that's why we encourage folks to join today at amac.us slash chicks that's a-m-a-c dot u-s slash chicks and as we've talked about we've talked about the benefits a gajillion times they're great they're amazing but the cause that's what's even better that's why you should join today amac.us slash as moms we're concerned that kids are being indoctrinated more and more in our schools and they're being given this leftist ideology without being given any other point of view so that concerns us as mothers and i'm just wondering how you feel about that as a mom like are you seeing that where you are are you concerned about that it's so difficult this day and age um, certainly we want to do all the things that we can to protect our kids but i don't want to shelter them in that protection because I want them to believe in things. I want them to know that they not only should believe in it, but they should stand up for themselves when they're challenged. And that was one of the things that we faced a lot with kind of the liberal mob and the radical left constantly attacking us for everything, not just our ideology, but for, you know, my hair and my makeup and whether mm -hmm. or not I was capable of baking a pie, everything was on the table. And so yeah. I am trying very very hard to raise my kids to believe in certain things, to hold values, to be principled. But at the same time, that doesn't mean everyone's going to think like you, but you can respectfully disagree with people. And mm -hmm. I think we have to go back to really putting a huge emphasis on our kids, having a value system, being willing to stand up for it, but not doing it in a way that is mean and angry and disrespectful. One of the things about your book that immediately made headlines was this whole getting hit on by Kim Jong-un story. <laughs> and the way that it was portrayed, this I've been dying to ask you this, because the way it was portrayed, of course, was that immediately the media was like, oh my God, Donald Trump is like such this jerk because he yeah. joked about Sarah getting hit on by and Kim jong yeah. And he laughed about it and teased her about it. And your reaction was like one of horror and you were gasping <laughs> and all this stuff. So I wanted to get the truth straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming, because I know how we are yeah that when you get teased and you have that kind of banter mm -hmm. with men that you work with it's all in good fun yeah you're having fun is that yeah, was that your experience? I was laughing in the moment and you know I guess I should have been more clear maybe in the book that it was funny but I thought that it was so obvious that it was funny <laughs> that the president of the United States was not actually trading me off uh, to a dangerous dictator that I didn't have to clarify that but I guess I should know better from experience yeah, right? that the radical left would yeah. take something mm -hmm. meant to be funny and meant to yeah. be you know just show like a different side and the back and forth and the humor and the relationship, mm -hmm. they would somehow make that negative.
the president was masterful in moving the conversation around to be interesting for Kim Jong-un. You know, he has a, a huge interest in in sports, the NBA in particular. He's a big basketball fan. And so oddly enough, Dennis Rodman is one of the few people that had a relationship with both Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un. He had been mm-hmm. on The Apprentice with Donald Trump. And because of Kim's love of basketball, he'd actually gone to North Korea to help like coach a team and developed a bit of a relationship. So he comes up. So in the same conversation, you're talking Dennis Rodman and NBA basketball, you're talking about nuclear war. And the president was great about continuing to bring up things of interest, but also, and at the same time, remain focused on the main topic and the real reason we were there. And that was to talk about what North Korea could be like and look like if they were willing to denuclearize. And so I was very impressed throughout the meeting with that. Hi, I'm Sarah Carter. On every edition of the Sarah Carter Podcast, I say we're taking back the story, and that's exactly what we have to do. Whether it's the Russia hoax, the relentless attacks on President Trump pretending Antifa doesn't exist, or covering up for the repressive Chinese government, the mainstream media isn't interested in the truth. It's up to us to uncover the truth and share it with others. Please join me in taking back the story on the Sarah Carter Podcast. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. They're doing social justice math now. We'll get to like what it is because I don't even understand what the hell that <laughs> is. Because math to me is math, right? It used to be that math was just math. But now they're injecting social justice into math because this is what liberals want to do, quote unquote, Republican wants to do. But this they want to inject all this social justice crap into math. But my question is, how are we doing? How are we doing in math and science? How are we doing as a state? How are we doing as a country? How are we doing in school? You know, because they're in Injecting all this social justice crap into our schools. So now we've got a bunch of America hating kids that can't do math. We got a bunch. Of, yeah, we got a bunch of America hating kids who can't write and complete sentences. You know, <laughs> I mean, I seriously, we are dumbing down our kids. They're becoming dumber, really, really dumber. Yeah, well, I think it was Baltimore, right? There's like zero percent math proficiency mm-hmm. in the Baltimore public school system, and so this is what we're concerning yeah. ourselves with: is yeah. social justice bullcrap. Yeah. How about we actually just go back to teaching? math. Yeah, maybe we should just do that. And so at the end of that video, and it was only, I want to say like two minutes, it was part of a longer video of announcements, Mm -hmm. um, school type announcements. But that two minutes ended with a call to action to the students that said to get involved, and we encourage you to get involved, visit Mm blacklivesmatter.com for all the information you need about how wrong everything is. And so this mom that sent me the text was horrified. I was horrified. I immediately texted my 
my kid and was like, is this true? Did you see this? And he's like, yep, everyone in study all saw it. We all knew it was propaganda. But yeah, we saw it. The thing is, is there's no counterpoint to it. And there's no, you know, hey, BLM is, yes, it's Black Lives Matter, whatever, dot com, dot org, whatever. But it's also this organization is based in Marxism. This organization talks about how they want to dismantle the nuclear family. They want to dismantle. Basically, they they hate everything about Western civilization. They hate America. <laughs> they don't like it. They're socialists. They don't talk about that at all. These kids don't know that. So many students who I fought with who still are convinced that the only reason that we're saying it's a Marxist organization is because we're only reading right wing yeah. media outlets. It's from their own mouths. The yeah, co-founders exactly. of BLM talk about the fact that they're trained. Yeah, Marxists. it's like they don't want to do their own research. They're just buying into exactly what it is, which is propaganda. Yeah. Because they're not getting the full story, which is very indicative of our education system right now. It's one sided is what it is. And you have a lot of, of teachers in there who are I'm not saying all of them because there are really great teachers who are in our schools right now. But there are a lot of, of teachers who are liberal and they have an agenda and they're allowed to push their agenda without getting any pushback whatsoever, without being held accountable at all. And they're winning. They're totally winning because the right wing teachers who are in the schools, they're getting it from the very top. You know, the Department of Education is like, sure, well, you can go ahead and teach this garbage. Right. And then right wing teachers are just like, wait a second. I don't want to I don't believe this stuff, you know, or I know that there's a full story here to be taught. But you're letting me teach or you want me to teach just this one side of it, which is not true. It's not comprehensive. Therefore, it's not true. And they're forced to teach it because what's the alternative for them to lose their jobs yeah. or to get, you know, chastised by the other teacher? I mean, what what's the alternative for these teachers? It sucks for them. I have a couple cousins who play soccer who are girls, females. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in high school. That This is what happens. They try to, re- you know, they don't recruit these girls, but they sort of get interested in like if they can kick really far, you know, they're like, oh, well, these girls would be great as a like a kicker for, right. you know, as an alternate for a football team or something. And wouldn't that be kind of neat? It's like a novelty, right? Yeah. Except that, you know, the question obviously is, does Vanderbilt not have a men's soccer team? Do they not have male kickers on right. that soccer team? It's a great, it's I mean, a great, great question. I don't really. understand why. And so this is the, the reason for the hullabaloo. There's a lot of controversy about this going around now because people are saying, and I tend to agree with them, mm-hmm. that this was a massive publicity stunt and not mm-hmm. a whole lot more. This wasn't actually a thing where she was so incredibly needed. Her specific skill set was so incredibly needed and no one else could do it except yeah. for Sarah Fuller. That doesn't seem to be the case here. No, no, I don't. I totally agree. And it's, but I think it was more, um, more so like, well, let's, let's just say it was pandering. <laughs> Everybody knows what's happening, uh-huh. but, but nobody wants to admit what's happening. Right. right. You can't and do I don't it. know why we're doing that. And it sucks because it's like, listen, what she, I go back to the whole, what she's doing is not a bad thing. It's how it's being presented you know it's how let your actions speak louder than your words let let your accomplishment just speak for itself just go out there and kick the ass you know what right, i mean right go out there and be a girl and be a powerful strong girl and kick ass and let that speak for itself whatever happened to that whatever happened yeah. to being able to just do that and then not be like 
just not have this pandery, you know, I need special treatment thing. I just, that's, that's what I, what I want my girls to be like. I want, I just want them to go out there and kick all the ass. Yeah, it would have been actually really amazing if Vandy had had a tryout and she was the best person. Right. Then there would have been cause to celebrate, right? right. Then it would have been like, look at her go. Right. No, she was just sort of hand plucked and, and thrown in there mm-hmm. and no one else was really given a chance. And so why why are we, why is that cool? Why is e- that, exactly. Why is that something to celebrate? I don't get it. I totally agree. We hope you enjoyed taking a look back at 2020 and some of the chick's best and funniest moments. And like always, we want to thank our amazing fans who leave the greatest reviews every week. We love hearing from y'all, so make sure to keep in touch and let us know what you want to hear the chicks talk about next. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram at chicksonright, at facebook.com forward slash chicksontheright, or chicksontheright.com. And don't forget to tune in next year to hear Mock and Daisy talk about all the things. Bye, guys. Hi, I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday on the Three Martini Lunch as we dissect today's good, bad, and crazy news. Each day you'll get our original and fun insights into everything from presidential politics to the war on punctuation to Jim's hammering the media's pathetic efforts to turn Andrew Cuomo into a hero. And he's got everything. He's got the personality. He's got the brother. He's got the charm. He's got the jokes. Greg, he's got everything except the actual success. Subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.